What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good evening, everybody. Tonight, we're going to be having a juicy debate between Mark and Hussein, Islam versus secular humanism, which is best for society. And uh, Mark Reed is going to start us out. So 10 minutes, Mark, and the floor is all yours. Thanks for being here. Thank thank you so much, Ryan. Um, Just one sec. I'll just share my screen, mate, as per usual. Yep. There we go. We all good. You are good to go. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here and uh, listening to me. Thank you to Ryan for moderating and, of course, Hussein for coming in. And, um, yeah, I, I, this is about secular humanism versus Islam. So I'll go through a few tenets of where I see each sitting, especially focusing on secular humanism, because that is my side um, or the, the proposition that I'm putting down. Um, so secular, basically, first off, what is secular humanism? Now, humanist beliefs have been held in common with many civilizations. They're found in ancient Greeks philosophy, especially pre-Socratic philosophers. Um, Protagoras, who lived in Athens in uh, 440 BC, put forth some fundamental human humanist ideas. Um, only fragments of his works survive, but we've got people like Epicurus, who, who sort of went through a sort of uh, secular um um hold of of morality and understanding the world without appealing to any gods or any superstitions of greek um mythology there are also elements of um hu humanism throughout um things like the renaissance and the enlightenment so it's a philosophy or particular belief system that maintains morals and ethics are possible by understanding humanity's place in the natural world and are not derived from any dogma handed down by any religious institution or belief in a deity. A rejection is made by secular humanism that people are, are not inherently good or evil and evaluates what is good or bad by studying the effect our actions have on society and the rest of humanity. Although there's several those schools of thought regarding humanism, the core principles um, of human rights and moral codes that all humanists embrace. Now, the principles of humanism were summarized in the Amsterdam Declaration, which outlined the general principles that secular humanists follow. Uh, we accept that morality is inherent to the human condition. We affirm the worth and dignity of the individual and the right of every human to the greatest possible freedom and the fullest possible development compatible with the rights of others. We hold that personal liberty must be combined with responsibility to society. We recognize that we are part of nature and accept our responsibility for the impact we have on the natural world. Um, we are convinced that the solutions to the world's problems lie in human reason and human action. We value all sources of individual joy and fulfillment that harm no other. And we believe that in personal development through the cultivation of creation, uh, creative and ethical living is a lifelong undertaking. Therefore, we, we appreciate artistic create, creativity, imagination, and transforming power of the arts. Um, though we believe that, that our commitment to human well-being is ageless, our particular opinions are not based on revelations fixed for all time, meaning they can change over time. Um, we're committed to the unfettered expression and change of ideas to seek cooperate um, with people of different beliefs who share our values in the cause of building a better world. Um, th that's sort of a summation from the um, Amsterdam Declaration, just to sum up uh, uh, what 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 they think and what we think. Um, 
so it's a culmination of long traditions of reasoning about meaning and ethics, the source of inspiration of many of the world's humanitarians and artists, and it's interwoven with the rise of modern science. Essentially, humanism takes the best of what humanity has learnt over its journey and meld it now and into the future with our best understanding of the effect our actions have on society and our planet in general. The goals of secular humanism have produced flourishing human societies and encouraged development of humanity for the benefit of all, not just humanists. Um, understanding that personal liberty must be balanced with the responsibility to society and a responsibility to all humans, regardless of uh, race, sex, country, humans everywhere. It's understood, based on understanding the needs of humans, and it uses methodological naturalism, which is science, to make observations on how humans are affected by the choice you make. It's important to note, however, that while science can tell us how something works, it's up to us to determine whether it's good or bad for ourselves. We maintain, maintain that we do not need anything other than ourselves and our rationality to apply morality, reject superstition and wishful thinking, Although understanding that we don't have the right to change or attempt to change people's beliefs by force, we never seek to impose ourselves on the world. If we wish people to acknowledge our beliefs, we have to acknowledge theirs. In this, this secular humanism is comp perfectly compatible to any ideology or religion which seeks the betterment of humanity and society. Um, so these are sort of the benefits to society that we can go through. It, it doesn't make an appeal to any um, authority. So it doesn't lay down dictates or dogmatic edicts. All it does is seek to guide us to, to what is best for humans. Um, it makes no claim to inherent moral superiority and rather judges ethical actions by the effect on humans and other societies. So it can take in things from other ideologies, other religions, other worldviews, because it doesn't claim to have a moral superiority of them and has no need to prove that moral superiority. Um, humanism is flexible and acknowledges that knowledge is un and, un and understanding is an ongoing process that will last far beyond after we're gone. So it's compatible with any ideology that promotes human well-beings. And that, that's one of the major strengths of, of secular humanism. Um, so what's Islam? According to the traditional account, um, the Islamic prophet Muhammad um, can, got what we Muslims consider to be divine revelations calling for submission to one God, and it, Islam literally means submission. Um, this was based upon the expectation of the imminent last judgment where there's a a um a story about paradise or seven hells for all of humanity um so if islam means submission what's its submission to well it, it means to submit to the will of allah a will of a god although it is the interpretation of man that all we have to understand what the will of the god is there's no dictates from a God and said Muslims argue over what gods want. Um, there's no consistent goal for Islam except God's will. And with no one to clarify that what that is, there's no goal except the interpretation of men um, whose interpretation seems to coincide with what they want. Um, so the problems with the Quran, I'm just going to point out a few, maybe we can discuss them and problems that I, as a secular humanist, has with the Quran and what it advocates for. Um, first off, the Quran is misogynistic. This is a verse and Nisa, which is the, the women's verses that sort of point out that, you know, your, your daughter only gets um, 
half of what the the sons get when when you die i i would pose it as well what if the daughter is more capable what if the the son is reckless with finance um the quran makes no distinction between this it simply says that the the, the son gets more i think that this is harmful for humanity i think that we should be acknowledging who is better um to have um a a inheritance rather than go with um uh, what what a verse says shouldn't the uh, parent decide who is better to receive it um this is the the verse on protectors and maintainers of women and if the the woman um um disobeys the man um that they they eventually sort of ostracize them from bed and then beat them uh albeit lightly is the the verse translation um, why is it that that the women are the ones that are beaten? Why can't the man be beaten? It, it never says that and sort of says that women are less to men. Um, this is something that I have a problem with. Um, uh, this is this is where um, if if your woman's guilty of lewdness, basically you you imprison them, confine them in house until death or until Allah, who who doesn't seem to make any kind of. Um, um, opinion on the subject uh, ordains them for some other way. Generally, it's up to a, a man who's put in charge, a Sufi or cleric, to decide that that her punishment is done. Um, however, if if two men uh, are, are guilty of lewdness, punish them both. But if they repent and amend, leave them alone, which is different than how you are treating a woman. It's uh, unfair in society. Um, it supports ostracizing the, the family. Um, this verse says that if your fathers and your brothers or friends, if they prefer disbelief to faith, um, take not of them or, or don't be their friends. Um, it really does uh, alienate families. Um, this is backed up by the application of equal unequal tax in the jizya, which seconds. is essentially... Oh, sorry. Um, 30 seconds. And it produces... 30. Oh, <laughs> okay, so um, it, it creates a stratified society where people are subservient to others or, or treated less equally than others, and it's generally bad for society. Um, it can also be seen that jizya is a manipulated way to make people pay more if they're not an, uh, is, is Muslim. So they're encouraged or, you know, I would say coerced to become a, a Muslim um, through this tax. Um, the, the brutal punishments, uh, thieves have their hands cut off, people that fight against um, um, or, or, or wage war against Allah um, are, are basically brutally chopped apart. Um, so, so these brutal punishments, uh, I would feel, have no, no place in society, but the, the verses haven't been abrogated, they haven't been taken away, they are still in the Quran, uh, and they're still a valid part of the Quran. Um, so there. we've got it. Okay, thank you. Uh, sorry to cut it short. I ran out of time, but thank you very much for hearing me out. No problem. Sorry to cut you a little bit short there, Mark. We just went over the time, no, so no, no problem. we might get no some uh, might get some time to go back over those notes as we continue on. Uh, and hey, everybody, thanks for being here. We appreciate you hanging out here at Modern Day Debate. Definitely hit the like button, hit the share. Uh, I'll also let you know that our speakers are going to be linked in the description below, along with our crowdfunded to our de our uh, debate that's coming up here. Uh, we have a little event, so uh, we have tickets for that in the description. But if you check out our crowdfund, because you know. Our I'm not going to be there. Uh, I can't make it, but you still want to support us. Uh, for $5 US, uh, you can support us without a perk, but everything after that, you get a perk. So $10, you get your name in the credits. $25, you get a 
uh, post a postcard thank you uh, for $50 US, sign modern day debate emblem, uh, and for $75, you can get a signed photo of your favorite debater. $100, you get a Zoom chat with James and you can ask him anything you want. Like, why are you letting Ryan talk so much on the show? All right, so we're going to kick it into open discussion, everybody. So uh, check that out in the description after the really? debate. Oh, not yeah. oh, not open discussion. Sorry, yes, we have an intro. <laughs> Sorry, Hussein. Yeah, let's just skip Hussein altogether. Yeah, we got off track because of the crowdfunding. It's Western yeah. oppression, guys. <laughs> so we got off track because of all the crowdfunding. Anyways, uh, don't mind me. Hussein, 10 minutes, the floor is all yours. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Um, thank you all for being here. Um, Assalamu alaikum to anyone who's Muslim. And, um, you know, inshallah, this goes well. Uh, so... I'm going to start off with uh, verse 4523 uh, from the Quran. It says, have you seen uh, he who has taken his God, uh, his own desire, and Allah has sent him astray due to knowledge and has set up seal upon his hearing in his heart and put over his vision a veil. So who will guide him after Allah? Then will you not be reminded? Um, so this is essentially <clears throat> quoting um, like a thing that is uh, memefied. Uh, throughout society so uh, people will have essentially like what they call like the god hole and so they'll fill it up with um, any sort of type of idol um, so um, islam we believe that no one is really an atheist everyone and takes and um, makes an idol out of any something it could be drugs alcohol money ideology nationalism racism um, uh, racial supremacy that is so <clears throat> And uh, atheists like to claim, however, that they're free of dogma. Um, but I believe after this debate, I'll be able to show you that secular humanism, in a way, is actually a dogma and a religion. So, um, and it's not objectively morally grounded where religion is. So, <clears throat> anyway, so the Quran stated this 1400 years ago, and um, it knows possibly, obviously, I believe that it would know better about human beings than atheists want to admit. So, as far as you know, where am I getting that this is a dogma? So there are several studies as well as social scientists and psychologists who confirm this point. Charles Taylor wrote that any transcendental idea which would include secular humanism uh, would be a religion. Emilia Durkheim also wrote this as well. And the U.S. Supreme Court actually stated secular humanism as a religion as much as uh, it probably pains atheists. Uh, Young argued that in the undiscovered self that you can't take away a man's God but only give him others in return. Yen goes on to say that the state can take place of the God, and that's why seen from this angle, socialist dictatorships are essentially religions into them of themselves. State slavery is a form of worship, and the policy of the state is exalted to a creed, and the later becomes a demigod beyond good and evil. Um, and we can see this played out throughout history. So, <clears throat> um, Anyone who thinks uh, differently would be labeled like a heretic uh, per young and per like this ideology. So in a way that um, both people can um, obviously uh, be fanatical, right? So um, there are definitely like more religious atheists that are uh, less as nice as Mark per se. Um, so <clears throat> Young's theory is called the law of conservation of religious instinct, and it's a social science version of Newton's law and the conservation of momentum. Uh, religions never actually go away. It just goes somewhere else. Uh, Islam predicted this 1400 years ago. In America today, we actually see this in the form of ideology. And there's plenty of paper, papers on this from Forbes, Atlantic, 
uh, Vox, and they talk about how um, human beings turn to political ideologies as a form of dogma and religion. Um, and the, I would argue atheists do this with secular humanism um, because without God, there is no objective morality and thus there is no good or bad actually. So um, we can merely look at um, it being subjective flavors of ice cream, if you will. Um, good and moral is going to be different um, from one another. Uh, Mark, I believe, even agreed to this in the beginning. Uh, he's just saying that we can maybe empirically decide uh, what is good or bad, but that just leads to consequentialism, and there's problems in that as well. Um, so moral relativism uh, claims of what is truly correct outside the individual uh, can't be made. It's contingent upon individuals, and universe pro progress is subjective, and it's incomprehensible and paradoxical. Um, secular humanism attempts to affirm the intrinsic value of humanity while rejecting religion and su superstition. However, uh, Paul Kurtz, the found father of secular humanism, um, even admits that he is essentially trying to combine a moral system built on the principles of free inquiry, ethics based upon reason, commitment to science, democracy, and freedom. <clears throat> Every one of those uh, values, though, is ungrounded in the world of naturalism and materialism, as well as scientific determinism. Um, so a general moral obligation requires transcendent value. Otherwise, morality is a sophisticated herd instinct or social construct, a hobby or a mere opinion. So you can't actually oblige anyone to do anything. So a prob big problem with atheists, um, often they'll say you ought to do something, but why can they tell me to do that? And why should I ought to even care about humanity or the outcomes of humanity. There's a lot of presuppositions in these, uh, in secular humanisms. So according to ethicist Peter Singer, we can't. Humanity is not sacred. The uh, post-humanist, uh, if you will, moral system unsurprisingly permits infanticide and bestiality. Um, Camille and Nietzsche also accepted that without God, there's only nihilism, and they both come to different conclusions. So uh, he realizes, Friedrich Nietzsche, Without God, famously renouncing conventional ethics and proposing, he proposed a value system based on self-realization and power. So there's no such thing <laughs> uh, as good and bad or what someone should ought to do. I should say moral, like um, truths. There's good and bad to him. <clears throat> he uh, influenced Foucault, who is the pioneer of postmodernism, which categorically rejected the notion of truth. Um, essentially, power alone animates every dimension of life and society. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre admits as well that essentially we're just human beings making it up. The implication there would be that it's not actually real. So Camus wrote as well that humanism is a false ideal and in reality it's meaningless. They're only deluding themselves and not facing the true reality of a world without God. Evil does not exist. Things just happen and then you die. Uh, so it's pretty bleak, but uh, that would be the true outcome of atheism, I would argue. Um, so Nietzsche, again, states secular humanism is a byproduct of Christianity, mostly why it arose out of the Renaissance and the Western world, and also attacks secular humanism as its presuppositions um, are just hangovers of a belief in God. And once God is eradicated, the belief in human beings would follow the same way. Uh, I would like to have Mark explore this and see, you know, why should we care about humanity? Why should we care about human flourishing? Um, and then there's some interesting things when we get into democracy. So uh, some Islamic governments use democracy, which secular humanists claim to care about, um, to elect Sharia law. And then all of a sudden they're getting sanctioned 
and uh, bombed and drone striked by Obama and other people who claim to follow the UN Charter and sexual, sec, secular humanism. So it's a uh, very interesting, um, and I have a lot more to go over, like my problems with like materialism, um, you know, how the materialist uh, worldview has led to like Nazism and communism and how they argued in a way their secular religions per sociologists. Um, so why, why is secular humanism the religion in a way we should follow when clearly other people chose uh, white nationalism, Nazism, uh, communism, Marxism, uh, Leninism, Maoism, pick any political ideology and they could just choose to follow them. So. <clears throat> All right. Would that be the end of your intro? Yeah. He's having a drink, everybody. So no. let us. Oh. <laughs> I'm good. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for your uh, introductory statement there, Hussein. I'm glad we got it. Uh, and uh, what we're going to do now, everybody, is we're going to kick it into open discussion. We appreciate you guys all being here at Modern Day Debate. We are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, politics, and religion. We hope you feel welcome. And uh, we'll kick it over to Mark to uh, start our open discussion in response to what he just heard. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of the sort of leverages of these people that you're leveraging against me aren't actually secular humanists. In fact, um, a long way from it, like Sartre was, um, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre was probably a, a, a sort of um, um, existential nihilist would be the proper Sorry. description for him. So it feels Just... like to me that you're sort of saying, hey, all atheists, atheists are this and atheists are that, but not all atheists are secular humanists. No, no, so... I'm fully I'm fully agreeing to that. I'm saying that they're they are alleging that secular humanism is not the uh, when you when you take atheism to its conclusion. Uh, it, it is essentially just existentialism, nihilism, or in Camus' case, absurdity. So I'm, I'm, I'm arguing... Well, I, don't, they, I don't think that's true. They are I, not I saying secular that... humanism is a, is a, like a logical conclusion. Uh, they're, they're essentially saying what I'm saying is that it's a bunch of presuppositions with no proof without God. Well, sure, everybody makes presuppositions, and, and I don't know why we would need... There's no proof with God. Um, in your your sort of presuppositions here, so I don't know why that would be a problem. But you know, well, you've sort humanism of originated out, hang on a second, hang on, 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 hang on. You you pointed out people like the Nazis and things, but the Nazis were mostly Catholic, and um, you know, I I think that sort of Hitler had his weird occult, um, almost Germanic sort of weird occult religion, but he certainly wasn't an atheist, and he certainly wasn't a secular humanist. So I think when we're talking about secular humanism, we've got to talk about secular humanists, not communists and, and fascists and other people that certainly were not secular humanists. So do you, you seem to be leveraging just, I mean, I could point out Muslims that have done terrible, terrible things. Uh, you know, I could go through a list if you'd like, but that doesn't mean no, that all muslims and islam have to fall into this this one category i'm not i'm not saying um any every secular humanist is a is a nazi or my my point in in showing these groups and some not no, there's, no, a, no, there's an argument is a secular humanist so so there is a debate right if nazis were truly a christian um you know followers and um, there's uh, some Nazi ideology, supposedly, uh, that says that actually religion is bad and in the way of what they want to do, um, actually. So I'm saying that's debated. My point was, is that if you take away God, right, 
Okay, it's not, um, it's not that the initial conclusion would follow that we should all accept secular humanism. Does that make sense? Well, well, no, of course not. But you said you can't take away God, right? That no, we're no, still no, following uh, God the takeaway God part was that is that humanism derives that human like humans are intrinsically good because of god like that's where it started no 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 absolutely incorrect as i said in my opening humans neither say that hu that hum human beings are intrinsically good or evil right not intrinsically you're not saying that humans are intrinsically good it is the actions that we base whether it's good or bad on so that's just wrong you so said if they're in your not intro, if they're not intrinsically good to you why should i yeah. care about their flourishing because they can do good things and we've yeah, seen but why a should lot I care? of evidence for that well because you're human so what well do you have empathy i do but maybe someone else doesn't right. well i mean usually when we're or talking maybe about i only morality, have empathy within my group because psychological papers show that human beings are herd creatures and they only care about tribalism so, for example, well, like a lot yeah, of Americans, may, they may not be racist per se, but they definitely only want America to flourish and America uh, to flourish versus, say, other nations. So it doesn't seem like what secular humanism hinges on or even presupposes is actually true. So, for example, when you were talking about. Hold on, opinion, hold on, hold on. You've gone through multiple points there. Let's go perfect. back. Um America is not a secular humanist nation. Let's face it, it it's not a humanist nation at all. Um, it, it is a, a capitalist nation. nation. No, it do doesn't matter. It may, it may operate with some secular humanist principles, and it is a secular nation, but it's the humanism that we're talking about. The whole point of humanism is to acknowledge that all humans are valuable, that all humans have certain inalienable rights. And so if you're saying, hey, I might not agree that those humans have those rights and those humans shouldn't be, then you're not a humanist. Like you're basically violated the, the entire definition of humanism. If you're if you're separating into, well, I just care about this one country, then you're you're an Americanist, right? That you're not a yeah. humanist. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not I never was uh saying that they're humanists. I'm saying that you're a presupposition. <laughs> are not actually true and reflective of the real world. So you are literally just preaching religious dogma. So what for presuppositions. Yeah. So for example, you said, do humans strive to be rational? Well, actually, mm -hmm. that's debatable. So uh Robert Zajac said that decisions are made with little to no cognitive process. And we make actually judgments first and then seek to justify those judgments by rationalization. And then choice bl uh, blindness experiments where subjects are tricked into believing that they made decisions that they did not actually make, but no nonetheless explain them as if they did. Um, there's also like human involved. Hold it, hold it. Let's, let's examine that. You don't get to just brush aside that and keep on going. So what better way than rationality would you like to use to evaluate decisions? I mean, me being a Muslim, it would be under God's law, which is an objective law. You know, but okay. you would obviously not agree with that. Is it objective? If God exists, where does yeah. it come from? So does from the does the source. law? Well, it comes from an outside source. Okay, so it comes from yeah. God. Does God decide what is moral, or is that something that God conveys? Is something moral, and He conveys it? Well, what God says is moral. What God says is so He decides yes. what is moral and what is not. 
So how yeah. is that objective? It still starts to. It's through objective because it's through his infinite God. wisdom. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still got a stance, right? He still knows what is. Um, he dictates what is moral and what is not moral. That is still subjective. It's just that the subject determining what is moral happens to be the God. If he has got the wisdom to relay that from elsewhere, then maybe it's objective, but then you're kicking the can down the road. Where does it come from then? So, I mean, do you mean like, because there's a whole philosophy on this. So like the argumentation from morality, where they talk about how God is the source of objective morality. If morality is objective and absolute, then God must exist. Morality is objective and absolute. Therefore, God must exist. Like they literally talk about this. So yeah, I, I don't think but you're saying, but you're saying that absolute. we should, I think we should use are, science. There are moral stances, but not moral facts. Let's let Hussein okay. wrap up his idea there. So my point to be, but go back to what we're talking about is that humans strive to be rational. That's an assumption. So I can, I can argue that human beings throughout the real world, you see, don't make rational decisions all the time. Not humanists strive to be rational. Yes. I'm not saying every single particular individual human does, but okay. I'm saying that humanists strive to be rational and rationality appears to be the best way to evaluate whether something is true or whether something is not true. Any certain proposition um, put forward is true or not true. I mean, you've got verses in the Quran that you, unless you agree cutting off the hands of thieves is a good thing, that you've evaluated and decided whether you want to implement them or not. Yeah, correct? why not? Yes, yeah. You want to there's, cut the hands off. Yeah, there's parameters on how it happens. Yes. And then you can okay. you can side with mercy. But yeah, it's to make examples. And in the long run, it may be better for society. I mean, I can use consequentialism to argue those as well. I can use dentinology or uh, Kantianism essentially to argue those as well. Virtue ethics. No, not virtue ethics. Um, Kantianism. Ethics. Yes. Okay. Um. So what about the um, surah about beating a woman if she disagrees with you? Do, you? do you agree with that? It's not beating a woman. It says discipline. There's a difference between discipline and like beating, Mark. I think we would both agree to that, right? Like yeah, when you're child, if you're trying the... to give discipline, then I don't think that's very problematic. But if you're describing it as beating and you're using that word, then I would say, yeah, beating is not allowed under Sharia. Well, it depends because the earlier translations all describe it as lightly beating your wife. But um, as as we've gotten to the modern era, it's kind of changed to discipline. But that is understood in most of the Muslim world that that discipline does involve some sort of physical admonishment for the uh, the wife. Yes, to show that you're a man. Yeah. So if you are with some people don't need to do that at all because they're the, the best example of husbands, which is Muhammad, peace be upon him, did. He never had to strike one of his wives. However, some men are weaker men and they can't do that. So they may have to discipline their wife or children because they're supposed to be the leaders of the familiar role in Islam. And there's a perfect, there's a sensible reason for that. Um, you know, we can look to do that. Yeah. Well, if psychologically immoral? speaking, if in general women are more agreeable and then, <laughs> then what's the problem with that? Like your priests, again, all these things are presuppositions through the secular worldview, which don't actually hold up when you examine them in any type of psychological way, sociological way, 
No, no. Let, let's get back to the actual subject. They're not presuppositions. The presuppositions that I make are very basic. And then through rationality, I've come to that, which is yes, so you perhaps an in inductive... Pro excuse me, excuse me. Hey, an inductive process, which may in fact be um, sort of based upon a foundation of, of rationality and, and working up to it. But it's not a presupposition. I haven't entered this into, oh, well, this is just you know, something that I'm deciding ahead of time that I don't have evidence for. I have evidence that this kind of treating women this badly is bad for society. That's not a presupposition. So if I provide study, here's a, here's another good example. So if I provide studies that show that Islamic marriages are better than secular marriages, would you then agree that Islam is better? What because do you mean by better? Well, so again, this goes into how it's subjective. But if I say that you know having society with strong marriages is the is a the most important value, and then this type of way to behave increases that, then that's providing that type of utility, right? Do you mean that Islam has less divorces? Yes, we could argue that. Yeah. Yes, because it needs dispensation from clerics and authority figures in order to gain a divorce who often don't give that divorce. So that's sort of what we call in statistics lurking variables where you're basically saying, hey, because statistic rates lower, they must be better marriages. But that's not necessarily the case because Islam makes it more difficult to obtain a divorce. So a lot of the time what you have is unhappy people within that marriage, but they can't leave and they feel it's onus on them to stay because they just can't get a divorce. Um, add to that all of the, the you know, if we want to bring up some of the horrible stuff going in Islam, I'm more than happy to, like the gentle well, mutilation of girls and the um, so, horrible yeah. honour killings that go on in the Islamic world. Like, is, is that something you support, honour killings? Well, that, when, of course when... not. That's not even in Sharia. So that's just a backwards cultural thing. So uh, anyways, so you still haven't answered on humans striving to be rational. So you admit that not yes. all human beings do this. Well, I think um, humans uh, always uh, think, think they're sort of being rational. We have, do have um, sort of norms for rationality. We know that when someone is sort of not thinking in a way that is um, sort of sane and instead thinking in a, in a way that is um, um, distorted kind of thing. But um, besides the presupposition of the logical absolutes, which lead, lead to rationality, which lead to an implementation of this, this rationality, and we can disagree on what that is, um, I, I think that all humans do strive to uh, be rational um, as it, far as that they understand it. So is it a problem that essentially, like, do you believe secular humanism can tell someone how they ought to behave? It's like, let me yes. answer. Let me ask that. Yes. Okay. How, if it's subjective, because Islam, obviously, right. We say we have objective values or moral values, mm -hmm. so we can easily tell that. Right. But um, for example, right. Uh, Biden and other uh, Dem people within the United States, right. They would say uh, sanctioning Brunei, a tiny country that is just trying to escape its third world poverty, um, should be sanctioned because they democratically elected to have Sharia law. So is that a good decision or a bad decision? And why? That's so? a bad decision. Okay. Because I've already said like, because secular humanists don't impose themselves on anybody. 
Um, we don't demand that you um, adhere to secular humanism the way that Islam generally does. Um, we don't we don't kill apostates um, as as been going on in the um, Islamic world or to, any punishment for changing religion or, or you know sort of handing in secular humanism for other things. It's based upon an understanding that because you and I are human, and if we want humans to flourish, then the best way to do that is by helping each other. Now, yeah, but, if so you what don't if, care, what... hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. If you don't care about human well-being, then yeah, I, I can't objectively say you have to care about human well-being. I can even say if you care about your own well-being, it's in your best interest to do it. And that's a that's a moral ought. Um, but if you don't care about your own well-being and you don't care about society and you don't care about humans, there's there's nothing I see in the universe objectively that makes you have to do that. Okay. Well, so you could argue, though, however, that Biden is what Biden is doing is actually good for human flourishing. It's the same reason that people said that dropping like the atomic bomb was useful. So like they're saying that the consequences is better for humanity overall than the other option, essentially. Right. So with the consequentialism and utilitarianism, you can essentially justify anything. And my point was that is and here's our, an irony. Right. When you're talking about like Sharia. So Sharia says spying is a crime. Spying is illegal. Unlike NATO and America, who will spy on its own citizens. Right. Um, the Sharia states you cannot bomb innocents or kill innocents. Um, there's even a Quranic quote on that uh, that says that killing one human being is as if you killed all of humanity. But as a utilitarian or a consequentialist, and this could be someone who's a secularist, could argue, well, we do need to bomb those Western, uh, excuse me, Muslim nations because they oppress women. And, they, and you have no way to tell them they ought not to do that. No, if, no. If we agree, no, then it's fine. No, 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 no. Um, because you've you've said a number of things, but the thing you've omitted, right? You've said secularist, right? You've said secularist. You've said consequentialist. You've said utilitarianist. But what you haven't said is humanist, and I think that's on purpose. I think you're leaving that out because you know damn well that a humanist would never agree to that that thing which is wiping out humanity. If your goal is the well-being of humans, how is bombing somebody achieving that goal? It isn't, right? Like th this is the whole song and dance that we're doing. We're, we're talking about secular humanism, but Hussein just wants to talk about secularism and, and sort of this over so here you, and this over here. You're not actually hitting the humanism, which is no, saying, saying hey, you can be humans, a hang on, hang on, hang on. Humans have intrinsic rights that cannot be violated. I don't know what you were listening to when I did my presentation because it went through that humans have human rights. So if you believe in human rights, you're not bombing the innocent. You're not killing people offhand. And you keep dancing around the humanist part of it and saying secularism and and this and and communism yep. and, Some and, of these... and fascism. All right, let's I mean, let him seriously. respond to what you just said there, Mark. So you can be a humanist and believe that these these will achieve a greater end goal for human flourishing. And it may not be always saying killing, but you could say, oh, well, we're killing an enemy combatant. Oh, the collateral damage, that's just okay. You can argue that as a human, you can easily argue that. Same thing with um, 
what is it? Because it's not directly killing people per se, but you can argue that as a humanist, we should sanction other because other rights are more important. It even says in your thing that democracy is important. But then when people try and elect democratic, gov democratically elected governments, for example, like in Egypt or Brunei or in any like Islamic country where they elected a Muslim government, all of a sudden it becomes problematic. So that's why I'm saying these values that you guys actually hold are at odds. Well, what the the hilarious um, the hilarious thing is you're claiming to have objective morality and that Islam gives you objective morality. Yet the, what you've quoted is the American government, which isn't a secular humanist government. In fact, most of the people in the government are Christians. You can argue the government's secular, but certainly not the individuals making the decisions, and they're certainly not humanist. Um, and and the whole point is that you're saying, hey, because Islam says that this is this is a um, um, you can't kill innocent people. Well, obviously, obviously, a, a Islamic person has never killed an innocent person in the history of Islam, because that's objective. That's objective. And that prevents us. But it's unfortunate that sort of all the suicide bombings, all of the terrible things done by Islamic people, they obviously didn't get your objective morality. It seems to me that it's all subjective, even though you claim it is objective. No, that's just people being it bad Muslims. It all just depends being on bad the interpretation. Though. It's something that comes with Islam, though, doesn't it? Are they yeah, real that... Muslims or are they not Muslims? So they can still be Muslim and believe in uh, like one God and all these things, but they can be sinful. And that's within the Islamic paradigm. Now, did they commit crimes? Should they be a... a um, uh, held accountable for it yes sure um but that can be the same thing i'm sure would you say like certain people who claim to be secular humanists but then they do something bad for example or they make the wrong calculated choice um like sure. you say the same thing then sure i but think we, we don't agree then book. on that but yeah but we don't have a book pointing out how it is good to cut the hands off people to to um, dismember people. We don't have a book that says it is it is good to imprison a woman for life if she commits a sinful behavior. We don't have a book that says all of these horrible things to to do to people. I mean, do you agree that if someone attacks Islam and it's very subjective what attacking Islam means, isn't it? That they should be dismembered with their limbs torn away. Well, so there's plenty of like tafsirs as well as you can like review Ottoman Empire on these hadood punishments that you're talking about, and they're not That's exactly in the Quran. Like, yeah. So uh, no, I, of course I'm not saying they're not. What I'm saying is that within like okay. Islamic governments and caliphates, right? They did not actually like impose these as much as you're trying to say. And they had rules within in context within um, when they should do it. And some of it would be up to the interpretation of scholars. Um, and there's, you know, a debate within that. But this is the, in a way, the same thing uh, for uh, secular humanism. But some of these people may just be bad. They're just sinful and abusing their power. And that's not Islamic. I wouldn't blame, um, say, like Islam on that when it says it's against it in Islam. So... Is the Quran a moral guide? Is it yes. a perfect moral guide? I would argue, yeah. Then it people, has people, in there those... No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because it has in there those things that you said they're being a bad Muslim for doing. So how do you have the Quran being a perfect moral guide? Say to 
cut the hands off thieves and to tear apart people who attack Islam and then say, well, that person's being sinful for doing so, exactly that if it's no. a perfect moral guide. So the, the context of the one where it says attack the people who are Islam is in war. So <laughs> it's just a, you're like, uh, and I can go through the ones you asked, like the no goal of Islam. Like I wrote some of those down so I can go over that too. Um, Wait, so it's okay to dismember people if they're enemy combatants? If you're in a war and they're attacking you, yes, but you can't kill prisoners of war. So if they surrender, then actually Islam does have guidelines on that. So you can read, there's entire books on it, like just war theory within Islam and how you, you know, funny enough, we, uh, we started that. So, But you, you'll agree that it's moral because the Quran says so to cut hands from people that steal cut their hands off yeah i don't i don't know how that's so problematic to have rules and boundaries for society and then harsh punishments to make examples of people and to make so make it so that people don't do these actions and in fact it may be good for the thief because they'll never do it again has anyone ever been convicted of thievery wrong wrongly in islamic countries in any countries um possibly yeah I'm not yeah like so how uh, do you give them their hands back when you find out that you're wrong well if they're wrong then there's usually retribution it's the same thing America accidentally retribution people. yeah like a uh, restitution excuse me wrong word restitution but it's the same for thing. the guy with no hands yeah how you would you feel if you were wrongly convicted of committing a crime like theft and had your hands hacked off in a medieval brutal way and then told, whoops, sorry, we were wrong. Here, have a bit of money for it. I mean, it would be, one, I'm pretty sure for that punishment, there has to be, like, no, um, how do I say it? Um, not very much doubt. Like, a lot of these pun these punishments require multiple witnesses. So the example you're giving wouldn't really apply. It's the same thing when they talk really? about like, homosexuality. So you yeah. think you think you can get and and that Islam gets justice perfect, does it? That it never makes a mistake, um, yeah. regardless of the Islamic system. law, not not Muslims. Islamic law never makes a mistake. No, I'm saying Islamic law can be perfect, but human beings can be flawed. I'm living in right. the real world, so of course I'm I'm open to saying that some Muslims are not are less than yeah. Islamic, if you will, right? But you're living in a world where you're, again, pre presupposing a lot. And I don't think it's true. That's why I said, like, well, actually, there's a lot of evidence that says human beings aren't rational. There's a lot of evidence that shows, well, human beings aren't always actually the eth most ethical. Um, and then there's also philosophically people who entirely disagree. And so you're trying to no argue that you're morality. not rational. So you're trying to argue that you're not rational. No, I think I'm rational. But I'm saying some then people who thinks and you admitted well, this. I think I think we're rational. I mean, who who thinks we're not rational then? If you don't think we're if you think we're rational and I think we're rational, then why are you even bringing this up? No, I think me and you, right, are rational. I don't think every human right. being is rational. And I'm open to being disproven. And you know, again, there's all these studies, and I would love to learn more about it on it so i'm bringing this up to to show you that actually are human beings rational that's open for debate okay i i i then i fail to see like i think humans are generally rational um you think human beings are generally rational 
I don't, but you've sort of veered away from the whole idea of, of sort of um, um, how you carry out these punishments and then um, make restitutions for the wrongs that you've done. Like, why not just not do them in the first place, except you've got a book which basically says to do this to people. And you're stuck in that thing. You keep sort of accusing me of presuppositions without really finding out what my presuppositions are. Yet I could say, hey, you're making presuppositions that that a God is giving an objective morality. If the morality yeah. is so objective, why does everybody disagree on it? And who has the objective morality? Who is disagreeing on it? I mean, like uh, the Sunnis and Shiites have been fighting Shia, for Shia's 1400. Like a, I mean, that's... Well, 1400, hang on, 1400 years they've been disagreeing and it really comes down to who inherited the power to interpret the laws from Muhammad. So when he died, basically a sect said, the um, the, the Sunni said that it was um, a, a elective process which elected the people to interpret the laws. And the, the Shiite said that there were uh, descendants of Muhammad who, who should interpret the laws. So not only do you not have an objective interpretation of the laws, but Islam can't decide on who should give the interpretation of the laws. I do want to try a minority, to... They're a minority sect like that isn't even relevant. So I don't know why you're using them. And then <laughs> so, um, you know, supposedly don't even believe in the Sahaba and curse them and stuff like that, as well as they think that some of them go as to far even to say that Muhammad, uh, you know, Ali actually may have been the prophet, which is like. So, so uh, I do want to inject here uh, as much as we would love to probably talk about, you know, the variations amongst uh, different Muslims. Uh, when we were talking about punishments there, uh, you did start talking uh, a little bit. You said something about uh, in the case of homosexuals, which would be a topic that would be related to what's best for society. Uh, so uh, let's try to kick it into uh, a discussion more about the societal aspect. So I'll put it back to you, Hussein, because you were about to... Uh, make a point on that earlier yeah so i mean one thing that could be said is like so a secular most secular humanists uh probably endorse you know the new uh modern you know human rights we keep discovering uh as it expands to trans and uh lgbtqiq stuff um so um It'd be interesting to hear uh, why all of a sudden we should just expand these rights or how it's good for society um, or human flourishing, as Mark likes to uh, say. Um, so because the argument could be like if you use if you're a Kantian, you could say, OK, if we will all of society uh, to be homosexual, uh, then there would be no longer any human beings or human society because it would end within a generation. So therefore, we should not have any people being gay, um, you know. Now, Islam is a bit more new, is, is, says it's a sin, uh, but it does separate public and private life. So it's uh, really weird uh, that a lot of the people, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Mark, but online, uh, they'll have like this very Islamophobic nature of, uh, of what Islam says. Uh, there is hadood punishment, but again, it's like within witnesses, it has to be done in public. It's essentially being uh, separating public and private life. Uh, so what you do within your own home, uh, is private. Uh, obviously, you should try not to sin. Um, but what you do in public and spreading corruption, uh, that goes on to the like the atheist comment in a way, uh, you're spreading corruption within the land. Uh, so that is where it becomes problematic. And all cultures, 
do this. Um, so all cultures think, for example, France right now just banned the abaya, abaya, and they want to quote unquote preserve French culture. Hold it. Now, that's another point you're going on to your gish galloping. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you're going I'm not on from point to point to point to point. Um, yeah, you've gone okay. down to France and sort of what's happening there. Let's address LGBTQI. So no, humanist says that all humans are intrinsically bad or good, and there is no, like, we should accept these people for who they are, what they're doing. They're, they're not harming anybody, and I don't see how they're harming. You say they bring corruption to the land. Well, no. who decides what that is? That That's entirely a subjective thing, who's deciding what corruption is and what corruption is not. Um, it's still just subjective. It's just up to who decides, who interprets what the what the Quran says about it. Um, and and we're not discovering these human rights. These human rights have been with us. I mean, in ancient Greek days, there were say the golden band of Thebes, who were made up of of exclusively um, male homosexual couples, and they happened to you know fight for um Thebian um city-state and in fact defeated the Spartans in battle so this isn't a new thing that's just swept in the last few years this is something that's been around for ages no, yet I'm not, oppressed I'm not saying that people with these tendencies have never existed I'm saying that discovering quote-unquote these human rights and the ever-expansion of human rights is something it's a modern paradigm um it's <laughs> We can, I'll ignore the Greek comment, but there's tons of Greek philosophers who argued that uh, you know, homosexual acts are pretty problematic and wanted to ban it as well. Um, so it's, it's uh, it, again, this kind of goes back to the crux of the thing. So if you agree, secular humanism is in a way subjective. How, what can you, how can you even tell Islamic governments what to do? Or you're saying you shouldn't. So well, um, yeah. So so um, so if if it's subjective, I, I we don't impose ourselves on others. So we don't say, "Hey, you have to do this." Oh, cool. um, like, like Islam generally doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm saying what is best for society is not Islam. It's a, every single civilization out there which is run by Sharia law is absolutely horrible places to live. Um, they are brutal places that that you know Have like, you ever like been to the Saudi Middle East? well the well yeah um I, I mean i must admit it that hasn't been for very long but um, so where where is this brutal like that everyone you know like where is this brutal sharia law in tunisia in morocco in algeria in egypt in iran in, in ethiopia where in women Africa. are currently yeah, fighting you're selecting for three countries rights. three countries out of the entire islamic world and saying this is this is all Sharia. <laughs> That's literally what you're doing. Well, um, so also in, by the way, to, um, to mention the goal part, you're you're mentioning goals. Well, like, it, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So the most populous Muslim country in the world is Indonesia, I believe. Isn't that correct? Yeah, there's tons of Asian societies as well. Sure, sure. Um, they're they're currently um sort of having a um brutalizing the the Papua New Guineans over the border but the places that you're talking about that that, that are uh, Muslim aren't exactly these paradigms of understanding and compassion like you're portraying them 
And, and I can point to the Islamic countries, which are beheading people like Saudi Arabia or um, um, cutting hands off thieves and things like that. So the idea that it's just this rare thing is not necessarily the case. And it happens because you happen to have a book which says it is entirely permissible to do so. And you have acknowledged you would mutilate people that you believe, not, not that you actually know for sure, but you believe have committed a crime. Right, and if they object, there. you will compensate them for their lost. Sorry, it's a prayer. Um, I, um, Did you need a moment or uh, you get... Uh, yeah, can I? I or does Mark have? Because I I was gonna. No, in general, I need a, How long do you need there? No, it's like it takes like ten minutes. It's not that bad. It was more like um, in the interest, like how much more time do we have? Like how long is this discussion? Are we almost done with the discussion? We actually are almost done with the open discussion. Then we're gonna whip into the Q and A. So we got uh, about fifteen minutes more of the open discussion. Okay, because if it was gonna end soon, then um. But um, if it's 15 minutes and then the questions are always really long. So let me uh, let me take like a, a 10 minute, five minute break, probably. OK, yeah, if it's five minutes, that's that's a one. Yeah, that's good. We can okay, uh, we can respect that. And uh, Hussein's going to be right back there. I will switch screens as he pops out. Well, there we go. He just put his uh, video off, everybody. There we go. So we're going to take a little intermission for a minute here while Hussein steps out. Uh, sorry, to everybody, that will, uh, you know, take the little intermission uh, and respect Hussein here in the space. Glad to see 355 watching now. Uh, what do you do? Do you have fingers? Do you have toes? Do you have skin with heat? Uh, can you hit the like button? That's always appreciated. Uh, I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> you know, are there any aliens watching? That one might be a fascinating debate. You're the moderator right now. Look at that. I got to switch things up. There we go. We're all fixed up. Oh, we lost your focus there, Mark. Not in the debate. I mean your camera. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm aware. And... It might have something on it, but see, this is the perfect time for this to happen because I can let James know at the end of this to cut this little piece out and then we'll kick it right back into the debate. But uh yeah, glad to see everybody hanging out there. Mark's fixing up his camera. If anybody is in the chat and they're not sure what's going on, uh, we're just taking a five-minute break. Uh, Hussein is praying. Uh, so that will be just a few minutes. We'll be getting right back to our discussion. There you are. I haven't been that harsh on him. He's praying. I haven't been that harsh on him. Like I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, you had to. You couldn't help it. We'll have to let him know that you said okay. so. You know, you can't make jokes yeah, yeah. like that without him. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I can. Why? What are you talking well, about? I of guess I, I mean can. you did. I guess. I'm an atheist. I can make any jokes about religion <laughs> that I want. I have it's that right. Late. Um. Oh, oh look, and yeah. people can joke about about humanism and atheists all they want to. That that's fine. I, I get you. Well, I will take a moment then just to remind everybody in the chat. Uh, oh, hi, tongue daddy. You know. That's that's quite the arm you got there. Is that your arm? I just gotta know. Uh, his name's Tongue Daddy. So, I wonder. Oh. I wonder what he does in his spare time. Um, let's see. Who else is hanging out? Sabric Dabra. Yeah, I I like it. I always like it when Sabra Kadabra's hanging out because it for some odd reason. It, I think maybe it's just because uh, they responded to a lot of like Black Sabbath, Judas Priesty type 
conversation, but I always see them in the chat and I'm like, that person seems cool. Uh, JD on YouTube, glad you're hanging out, buddy. It's always good to see you, Big Bad Mama. Also in the chat right now, hanging out. I'd love to see it. We are going to be back with you guys in just a few moments. And like I said, we'll uh, I'll try to get to James and uh, cut this out. You want to hear a music solo? Uh, no, I don't have any solos right now. Uh-oh. I won't. I won't put it over to the solo just because if people hear me, you know, whipping through some sick shreds, they might think it's the end of the show. Uh, I wouldn't want that. So, uh, just going to remind everybody once again: we're just waiting for Hussein to get back, and we're going to continue on with our discussion. Uh, he's taking a little prayer break, and we 100% respect the speakers that are on our show. Uh, so once again, hit the like button. If you enjoy the neutral platform, uh, join us in our discord, you know, anything, if you're hanging out there, I see you are actually, uh, you just put it in there, uh, just tagged our discord. So, uh, you know, if you guys have discord, if you're cool, like normies, normal people, uh, check out the, uh, check out the link. Let's see here as well. I can also remind everybody about all our wicked perks. So, uh, yeah, if you can donate 100 US one-on-one Zoom chat with James, uh, and you can tell him all about how you can't stand seeing my face. All right, Hussein is back. Uh, yeah. Everybody, welcome back, Hussein. We are going to continue on with the debate. Uh, um, that's uh, pretty quick there. I hope you didn't feel rushed. Uh, and thank you for no, being back, uh, Hussein, to have the discussion. No, no problem. I heard I... Uh, yeah, anyways... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So um, uh, in a way, I think maybe we agree, Mark. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty libertarian in a sense where you're just like, oh, people can do in a way whatever they want. Um, in goal, the goal of Islam essentially is like it's a moral goal. It's a self um, uh, like trying to achieve higher, uh, higher virtues um, and like be a part of like the obviously the Islamic community and like worship and all that stuff. So if you want to, right, as like a secular humanist, make a treaty, for example, and I think, I don't know if Isa, when you had the debate, uh, talked to you about this, but there is like a whole concept of like Islamic treaties. So uh, for example, um, and I was going to go to the GZI too, uh, just to move it along, because you were asking about that. Um, If you, for example, like uh, as an atheist, wanted to, um, you know, have your little community and you're able to um, you know, make a treaty. Uh, you can w- live within your community. Uh, Jewish people within the autumn, like uh, the Islamic Empire, um, did this. Like Christianity, Christian people did this as well. Um, the thing is, is like you're not again. This and this goes back to the the homosexual thing. Um, almost all sins, right? Like the difference is public, publicly endorsing and trying to spread something versus doing it within the privacy of your own home. Um, and for example, even within Islamic uh, Muslims, I'm sure you've seen like a stark difference between um, proselytization. So like Christians will like go to mosques and they'll try and convert people. And then like Islamic dawah um, is really just like posting up somewhere and just people will come and ask questions, but we don't really go out and seek. So there's like a big difference here um, in between that. Um, so I think like, um, you know, if anyone is like going out and trying to like find people being gay or something and like spying on them, that's definitely not allowed within Sharia. Um, 
and then um yeah so to to end that one and um did you have anything to say on it before i got we go yeah so in egypt an atheist was arrested after he had a debate with a muslim and was basically accused of being disrespectful to the religion so you brought up an example of people who in a democracy they voted in sharia law and my question to you would be how do they vote out sharia law uh, if you guys have more people and want to vote it out, I mean, in a democracy and where Islam will see that as not an attack, because most most Islamic countries would see that as an attack on Islam, correct? Yeah. Well, obviously they would. Yeah. And an but attack the on same Islam thing. has. It would be the same thing. I mean, again, um, maybe not. But an attack on Islam has that idea that you fight against whoever attacks Islam, correct? Uh, no, not if you think are you trying to imply that means that i can like make a war with you because that's not what it's saying no no but what i'm saying okay, is okay. that um a lot of the times when people like in iran when the women have problems with the government and the way they're being treated mm -hmm. they have no way to be represented by the government and and the jizya i have a problem with as a humanist because it is a taxation without representation you are taxing people living within your boundaries, but they are getting no representation from the government whatsoever. Whereas um, secular humanists would say, hey, everybody contributing to society should be represented in that society, no matter who they are. And I think that do, is... Do illegal immigrants um, get representation? Or like, obviously they don't in practical real world, but I'm just asking like, right. do you think illegal immigrants deserve uh, representation because they pay... They pay like sales tax in like the US, for example, but they don't have they do. They, they do. They had advocates who lobby the government on their behalf. Yeah, but they can't actively participate in any Correct, any, yeah. any other way, I should say. Correct, yeah. Okay. I, but, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that um I mean it, it's very, very hard in today's paradigm of you know country determination um to say, hey do people who don't sort of who who are legally there who are violating the law should should criminals get um and not to say that illegal immigrants are criminals in the same vein as a violent criminal or something like that but should someone no, they're breaking, breaking the law, law yeah, um have representation and i would probably say no i don't think somebody that is you know running some kind of illegal operation within the thing i um, should get representation so to be intellectually consistent i think that somebody who is illegally in that country and breaking the law should get representation although i do affirm that they should at least get advocacy on behalf of groups that that advocate you know that the groups should advocate on behalf of them and i think that is more than reasonable okay interesting i just want to know your opinion on it <laughs> okay well uh, and and i i i kind of i think that that refugees and immigrants um it's important that they have by their basic human rights um maintained as well that that if they they come here they should have um the inalienable human rights the right to um food water safety security all, all of those things that we we advocate for rights where, of where do those basic humans. human rights come from though they come from an understanding of human needs but um so like in political theory uh in the, the uh the definition of like human rights just comes from the state of nature 
And when you analyze the yeah. state of nature, uh, they argue that actually those wouldn't be uh, like even your base needs is uh, yes, it's a need, but it's not a human right. Uh, essentially, you just have the life to liberty, uh, pursuit of happiness, life, uh, per se. That's just in the West uh, or the America per se. But essentially, you just have uh, the life to life, uh, like self defense, and then uh, you know that kind of stuff. Like no one owes you food, no one owes you anything. You have to do it yourself. Well, I do. Well, want to we throw know in, that. Uh, just before you respond there, just hold your thought for one second there, Mark. I do want to throw sure. in the monkey wrench to move on. Uh, lastly, since we got around like maybe seven to ten minutes of open discussion minus the uh, break time there. Uh, so, oh, yeah, we would uh, what we would want to move on to once again. Uh, I think we're three men in a uh, room, uh, but we do want to talk about uh, rights for women in our society. Uh, so I'll let you respond to what you just heard there, Mark, and then we'll kick it over to Hussein uh, to discuss uh, rights of women uh as per in the society uh that they are having here so uh once again hit the like button everybody and let's carry on yeah so so we know from sort of medical research and medical studies that we have certain things that we need to be well and that's the whole idea of human well-being um somebody that is denied food denied water they're they're not well so if you believe in the well-being of humans then there's certain things you have to acknowledge are right um there's also um, of psychological needs that we all have that we we can study this as well, um, that that all people have the right to um, self-actualization, i.e. become the best version of the, themselves they can be. We, we, we have to have safety and security. A person that does not get safety and security is not a well human. I don't know why this is hard to understand, but if, if you put somebody in perpetual fear or a perpetual um, denial of themselves or a perpetual any of these things, they will not be a well human. And we have seen the, the effect of that psychologically on people. If you isolate people and they, they don't have a right to community and fellowship, they will not be a well human. So if you care about the well-being of humans, then these are things you have to acknowledge are inalienable rights. So, Mark, when you uh, when you make the big bucks, so you want to help me self-actualize my dream and fund my race car. Is that what I'm hearing? So you love uh, self-actualization no, no. and my my psychological needs as a fellow. Self-actualization human. is the um, it it it's it's not if if I'm doing it for you, how is it self-actualization? Well, then why do I owe someone else food? Why do you? Like, I'm not denying food? them food. I'm not denying them food, but they have to go and get right. it themselves. Right, because because if you were starving yourself, wouldn't you want to get food? Yeah, of course I would want food. I'm starving. Right. So if you want to live in a society where people get food when they're hungry because you want that, then you have to do it for other people. It's called reciprocity. Plenty, yeah, but there's plenty of people who think that and they come to the conclusion that we should still not just give people food for free. I, I don't so, know like, who's, who's there's saying plenty of, There's plenty of like libertarian, conservative people, like Republican people, like there's plenty Are of people. Are they secular say, humanists? I would, of course, I wish, I I love human beings, my fellow human beings. I would love if they all had food like me, but don't take it from me. Don't take my tax money from me. You're depriving me of money or someone else. Are they secular humanists? Well, no, but again, you haven't told me Well, why. no, so they don't believe in the same things I do. Just because I believe that there are inalienable human rights doesn't mean that they believe the same thing. 
this is the thing you you're, you keep equating all kinds of different people with secular humanism no, and not. leveraging no 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 leveraging their beliefs onto what i think like why no. would you do that it would be like me like saying um you know oh there's there's a a buddhist over there who thinks this well i mean you're not a buddhist why would Mark, you even I'm say not, that i'm not that's not what i'm trying to do i think you're misunderstanding what i'm what i'm trying to do for the audience so my whole point in the beginning of this was to say that okay um, there's these underlying beliefs that secular humanism has, and I'm showing yes. that those beliefs that they give as a given are not actually a given or true. Okay. That's why I cited those papers given psychology. And what sociology. do you mean by true? What do you mean by true? I don't understand what you mean by true. Cause I don't think there's moral facts, right? So there's a really weird way to, to, to phrase it. So you're not, I'm not saying, so you, we agreed on uh, the subjectivity, right? Okay. But you also are saying that, um, that human beings strive to be ethical, right? And I tried to show yes. that isn't actually true. You said human beings strive to be rational. I said, that isn't actually true. And then on top of that, when you have this subjectivity, okay, of, of morality in an atheist framework, okay, you can come to different conclusions and then we are both agreeing. So I'm just highlighting for the audience. There's these other conclusions, right, um, that disagree with you. And they have every other right, every right as well to disagree. And you're saying you have no reason to say they ought to do what you're wanting anyways. So I'm saying it's like a neutered moral philosophy. There's no reason for me or anyone to follow what you're saying. So it's not a moral philosophy at all. You're, it's just a, a belief system that you have. It's just the dogma. No, it's a, so like this because people try to be rational. I'm not saying they always succeed. So you sort of saying, hey, people are irrational. That doesn't negate like people trying to be rational, trying to communicate with each other and figure out what is right and what is wrong. They try. I'm not saying they always succeed. So that's just yeah. wrong. What yeah. you said. I'd, no, no, no. So so um, you said there's well, no we'll reason agree to no, no, no. You're saying there's no reason to do any of the things that I've advocated. But what I'm saying is that if you care about humans, then there is a reason to do it. It's a subjective reason. It's a stance dependent reason that you care about humans okay. or even you care about yourself, because if your own well-being is, is you know, reliant on society, then it is in your best interest to make the society as good as possible or as beneficial as possible. So um, when you say there's no reason to do it, there's no objective reason, but there is reasons that people have. All that we have to have is an empathy for other people and an yeah. idea that reciprocity, if you do this thing for me, or sorry, if I do this thing for someone, they will. there's much more chance that someone will do the same for me. I mean, you can boil it down to driving on the freeway and you let somebody enter your lane in front of you. You know, you, you just let them let them come into a crowded lane. If you do that for other people, there's more chance that that will be that behavior will be passed on and people will do the same for you. Um, it, it's a very, very basic thing. And it, it's, it's a part of societies throughout the ages. You just do um how the actions that you would like to see in society 
and there's okay. reasons for that. So, so saying there's no reasons, it's like, well, no, yeah, you might, you that, can that say isn't no a, that's an illusion. That's a hallucinatory reason. So, for example, you were born in the Western West, right? So you may have like this pre-programmed way to behave or way to act or way to think. Um, someone in China or India can think totally different of you, and that's their flavor of ice cream. Like I said. <laughs> and I'm just saying that there's no, they could think that this is what's best for humanity and then try and impose that as well. But I'm, oh, that's, that's, we, I guess we agree then. So we can go on to women and their role in society. Okay. So what's women's role in society? Should so. women be equal in society? Um, women, so in the Islamic world, uh, men and women are different. Uh, we, we've had this conversation and you yourself admitted that women and men are, are different. So I don't see the, well, uh, I mean, that's, that's problem obvious. Here. I mean, well, that, so that's why obvious, would there be equal you know? rules or equal for, for men and women? Because they're, they're both humans. Why, why wouldn't you have equal rights for humans? Yeah. So for example, when you talk about like inheritance, right? So in an yeah. Islamic society, okay. So we can go to inheritance, right? So in an Islamic society, right, like the men have more obligations, financial obligations, and thus they get more inheritance. Women are going to be automatically covered by brothers, sisters, family. Uh, they're going to be covered by inheritance as well as the meher when they're married. Uh, it's like a dowry to the women directly. So there is these ways that women are covered. And there's an obligation as well for all of society, for example, to take care of orphans, widows. So there's plenty of examples of, of how we're supposed to take care of women within the Sharia. And, you know, because I am a man, I would get a little bit more inheritance. Thus, because I'm going to be taking care of my sisters, I'm going to be taking care of my wife and my sons and daughters, you know, inshallah, if I have any. So why, why, why don't, why don't within an Islamic just... framework, that makes sense, no? And, well, and why don't you just is, why don't you just give equally and let people take care of themselves? Like why because, why why is the onus on on the man to take care of of your sisters, for instance? Why can't you just split it evenly and and sort of take care of each other? Yeah, so that was a an interesting thing. So um, that I wanted to talk about. So in Islam, family is an obligation. So you have an obligation and a duty to take care of your family. But it sounds like you're saying that you you we don't. Well, I didn't say that. I just said, well, why don't you split evenly and take care of each other? Like, why why is it the man that has to take care of the women? Why isn't the woman that gets more and takes care of the man? Because women don't operate that way. Like, what do you mean? Because psychologically, like sociologically, like women never behave that way. What What do you mean? There's plenty of what are plenty you talking of studies about? This. Like, do you know what a matriarch <laughs> is? there's come on there's been like i'm, one I'm being serious matriarchal behavior runs throughout all of human society a lot of families are run by women like i'm not saying that's an exclusive thing but i'm Wait. saying that the matriarch the grandmother that that sort of is very very matriarchal does exist that stereotype exists for a reason because sure. these do women think, do, do women exist. have no power within islamic society because they definitely no do. i never said that i'm saying okay, they don't okay. have no equal no, no, no. I'm, power. I'm just asking i'm just asking i'm saying so. that they don't have equal power like for instance that that sort of if you if you implement sharia law it's made up by well you're you're a sunni so it would be clerics uh, uh sorry um the the elect that elected clerics right that would would be the ones in power making 
uh, the interpretation of, of Sharia, right? Um, yeah, yeah from, from the, I'm uh, ignorant of this, but from what I understand, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, so do, can women take these positions and contribute to the the countries and and implement policies and have control over their own lives? Do they get representation? Do they get representation? Um. To be honest, I'm fairly ignorant on it. I mean, I know there's Islamic societies okay. currently where women do have representation and they actively participate within the democracy. Uh, so like, for example, when I visited Tunisia, there was plenty of women participating in the democracy who were Muslim. Well, that's um, democracy, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking more about the Sharia law countries, you know. Well, they have they have aspects of Sharia, yeah. Well, aspects, but they're not sort of yeah. So you know, in in the countries that are theocracies, where sort of Islam's taken to its logical conclusion, and you have um, the Sharia law as being the dominant law and the parliamentary system for the government. Um, as far as I know, women can't become clerics. I mean, there's examples of uh, so Aisha, um, peace be upon her. I uh not sure I, if you want to discuss that topic no no no. i don't want to bring up the other part of it which you know i'm sure well, yeah i'm, that's I'm sure you're very other. well aware at, at her no, age no, 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 no. You know, like... my, my point is is that the men the suhaba at like the companions uh did go to aisha for hadith as well as knowledge about muhammad peace be upon him so she is in a way in a position to teach all these men so it's not like this is unheard of and there is, you know, going to be debate within this um, in a general rule. And again, rules are for general rules, right? There's going to be outliers and Aisha is one of them. And that's that's the point. When you have rules within any society, that's what rules are for. There's just a general the general guideline. And this is how people ought to behave. And then there may be outliers. That's fine. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see women as being treated uh, equally in in Islamic society. Yeah, because men and women be... are equal. I told you that. Yeah, so that that's something that I that I do have a problem with. Um, if you are sort of the, the contribution that women have made um, to our society, in fact, the only uh, winner of the Nobel Prize, two Nobel prizes in different categories, was a woman. Um, there's there's sort of women like Ada Lovelace who invented the first algorithm. There's there's all kinds of people that have contributed to our society, and I well, don't hold against them any kind of inherent sort of uh, uh, way that they were born. Just like Alan Turing is behind the modern computer, and and he was he was a homosexual, and and um, there is no reason why he could not proudly say that that he was a homosexual and. Um, one of the the greatest people that have contributed to our society, and so I, the it, only reason why Islam says these things is because the book says it, and that's the interpretation. So, if you believe that women and men are not equal, all right, and we could use an example. Um, no, hold on, hold on. I said men, and women aren't the same. Like, what is it that you sort of say? Well, they're not the same. That means that we have to treat them differently as far as sort of rights and, and sort of power is concerned. Well, yeah. So, for example, majority of women, uh, if if given the option, would not go to work. 
And then there's an actual statistic on that. It's like 80% of I think a majority of men would not go to work as well. I mean, like, seriously, what what are you talking about? Like, there's been companies run by women. There's been countries run by women. I mean, just I never said that doesn't exist. I never said that doesn't exist. But there's a reason there's a, a minority representation of women, because most women, most don't want to try, don't want to do that. Why is there less women in the debate sphere. It's because most women, most don't want to do these things. So I'm accepting reality and saying that women and men are different and women and men have different uh, likes, dislikes, uh, ways to behave on general, in general. And Uh that's what these rules are for. Well, I think that I would like to see more women in the debate sphere. I know of a few women in the debate sphere. In fact, there's one coming up that's a godless girl versus, I can't remember who it was, a, a vegan person. So there's definitely women out there who do participate in debate. And I more than encourage um, more women to get into it. I, I, I've said to people before, I, I think it's um, it, it's sad that there are less women involved in, in the debate sphere. Um it may be perception of them that is the problem. They may be seen as argumentative or, or um, you know, sort of um, not subservient enough if they, they do participate in, in sort of, you know, vigorous debate kind of thing, which is a problem because that's just a perception problem. Um, I have heard this thing of like when women are more this way or that way. I, I, I still don't understand why um, women should have sort of a, a, a lesser role in society just because they are different than men. Uh, I don't understand. You can argue they have, a, they have a more important role. I mean, and there's Muslim, there's Muslim clerics, right, and imams who do make this. They actually say in some ways, Muslim women have the most important role because they are raising future generations and they're more suited to that in a way. And there's plenty of secular uh, atheist red pill people who have made this argument as well is that women just naturally are more nurturing and better parental figures they're more emotionally developed than men and so it's perfectly reasonable that god knows us and knows how we are and then sees that the majority of women should are better at that and better suited and enjoy that as well majority of women want to be mothers for example and so yeah it's prescribing that for women if they do that there's plenty of women within uh, Islamic history who didn't marry and they had small businesses. There's plenty of, I know a Muslim uh, woman, her and her husband opened up a coffee shop. I mean, like that's not, she's not breaking Sharia right now. No one's going to break down her door and kill her for owning a business or something like it, it's well, <laughs> not, not in the U S sure. sure. No, in, in, the in the middle East too. Like, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. But there still is that, that power imbalance where, where, women are told to be subservient to men to their husbands um and the the verses that you know you you basically um if a woman is is not obedient there is things to do to her to get her to be obedient it's not just that that it sort of says lightly beating and we can argue over what the term actually means and how it's been interpreted but the whole point is that that verse clearly says they're to be obedient to the men um yeah, within fam- familiar dynamic, yeah. They're, they're, so essentially, it's saying that like men lead the household, which is a general, generally true. Um, and then women can tr- uh, rule the family in the house. So like, yeah, th- that's been generally true throughout human history. 
So if it's in line with, again, most of what Islam says seems to align with the reality of the world. And, and then that's why I'm saying like the contrast is that I think secular humanism does not. But I mean, obviously you're going to disagree. So, Well, yeah, well, appealing to human history is a really, really bad mistake because slavery has been prevalent through human history. Warring upon your neighbors has been prevalent in human history. All these things have been prevalent in human history. Just appealing to history to say, hey, we've always done it like that is antithetical to what I'm saying. As we find out things are bad for society, we generally change them. And this is the problem with Islam. Because it's prescribed in this book as some ultimate truth, you have no flexibility to change when it's demonstrated that that is actually bad for society. Um, so, I mean, that, I want to I want to argue that's true when there's literally, uh, I think the word is ichtala, uh, like there's debate, like among scholars on on these issues so there's there is um for example like being kind to your parents there's no um like debate right um there's um certain thing like usury is wrong like loans are bad like there's no debate there right so like there's plenty of uh things that are not up for debate and there's things that are up for debate so and like uh sharia includes many things that um, for some reason, no one ever focuses on. So like me being courteous to you because you're being courteous to me is a part of Sharia. But if you push the boundaries too far, then obviously I should not be okay with that. And that's that's um, essentially like, you know, giving what you're getting, right? So um, that's pretty normal within human, uh, human beings, uh, sure. natural predisposition, so. Yeah, and... and um like I, I don't think we need sharia to say hey um you know if you treat me with the respect i treat you with the respect that sharia isn't needed for that you don't need somebody to tell you I, I generally try to treat everybody well or at least as well as i can um i i, I don't i you know if if sharia is and and the thing we said there's tons of debate over all of these things i get you but it hardly speaks to something objective like even if there is uh, an Allah and he's got objective morality, you guys obviously don't have access to it because you're all arguing over what it is. This is the whole point. Like you're sort of saying, hey, this is better because we've got objective morality. And yeah. then you're arguing all the time over what it actually is that is objective. You'll claim to have objective morality. You can't show that you actually do. I mean, with it, yes, within Sunni Islam, there's tons of consensus. So I would, I mean, I would disagree. I mean, there's literally all the schools of thoughts ag agree essentially on like a ma the majority of items within Sharia. So there's a majority consensus. A lot of the times like new things will happen. And yes, there'll be debate on how Islam should handle it. So for example, like social media, um, you know, debating even uh, on certain things is for some reason weirdly debated right now. Uh, within like Islamic Twitter and stuff like that but it doesn't make any sense because the prophet peace be upon him debated so it doesn't he debated atheists so I don't um, see the issue here um, like and again there's like no compulsion in religion um, so if you don't want to uh, be religious then that's fine but the point is um, just yeah. attacks so all right well I think what we've done there is we've gotten uh, a lot of the uh, 
well, I think a lot of really deep ideas out here and a lot of uh, good surface ideas as well that we could launch into all kinds of really gravy discussions. So I hope everybody's enjoyed the open discussion. We are going to kick into the Q&A now. So a big round of virtual applause to Hussein and Mark Reed for being here. Let's get into that Q&A, everybody. And just a reminder... If you have a question for one of our speakers, turn it into a super chat and we will read it for sure. Uh, we do want to respect our speaker's time. So, uh, you know, if anybody needs to use the washroom or anything, you just let me know. All right. So big thing. Flying Wayne. Five dollars. Thanks for being here again, buddy. Ripping Band-Aid off. Is a 10-year-old wife holier than a 9-year-old wife? Don't get cheeky, Christians. Mary was 12. Um, I, I don't think that applies to any of us. So, you know, it's probably a, a Muslim. All right, let's carry on there. I think both of them are, are really wrong and um, just completely immoral. Well, then all uh, minors can give um, give any kind of consent. Then, so if, if so, a minor indeed, is a well, just let me let me finish, Muhammad. Okay. So, if indeed Muhammad did marry a a nine year old, that is completely and utterly immoral. So that's a fallacy of presentism, uh, like the modern age of consent laws. Um, you know, they're <laughs> they're modern laws. Uh, Eighteen is a newfound subjective value, and it's arbitrary by atheist standards, even. Um, so I, I've talked about this before, but. Uh, if you believe in like a philosophical naturalism, the only thing that would matter is uh, essentially uh, puberty. So whenever a girl or a guy hits puberty, they are ready to, in a liberal worldview, just have sex. In a traditional worldview, get married. Um, so I don't see how that's problematic, uh, even though, uh, ironically, Islam does acknowledge mental um, uh, preparedness, essentially. So you have to be mentally prepared and uh, physically ready. So, and then, you know, all parties have to agree. So uh, it seems pretty reasonable to me. Okay, um, so that's hilarious because presentism is necessarily moral relativism. It's saying we shouldn't judge people in the past by doing something because morality is relative to the time and they didn't know any better. So you've just no, outlined saying... one of the principles. No, 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 hang on. You've just outlined one of the principles of moral relativism to sort of make your case. Um, no, I'm not. It's not about it's not about biological thing. It's about informed consent. And somebody that young cannot give informed consent because they cannot understand the complete consequences of what they do. So <laughs> the whole idea that you'll sort of sit here and go, well, materialism says if they're beyond puberty, it's fine. That's not what materialism says. It's also a psychological element to it, which means that so you know, even agree. if their body is physically ready that they may not be which is really weird that you're sort of saying hey as long as they're ready and it, well that's what you appear to say because you sort of danced around the subject i want to no, ask you is that moral or not moral yeah in context of that society yes it's moral i told you that i literally said if okay. a 10 year old uh back then right is essentially an adult they're treated as if they're an adult and they're given the responsibility of an adult and again there's psychological papers on this. If you give people more responsibility, they mature faster. So for example, I have a fr uh, friend, 
his his parents were uh, are Hispanic and they're from Mexico. And in Mexico, he had to help his family's business since six years old. And then at 10 year old, he actually assumed the role essentially of the father and then took care of the children and then actually took care of the business. That 10 year old individualistically is totally different than a 10 year old in the West or now in even Arabia. And that's why uh, like Arab countries and Islamic countries have shifted the age of consent as well, but that is entirely consistent with Sharia. They're not. Yeah, that's called fit. that's yeah. called parentification, and we know that that isn't helpful for the the child to have those responsibilities of a parent loaded upon them. It isn't healthy at all. Um, yes, giving responsibility to, to children is bad. Don't ever let them grow up, guys. No, no, it's to give them <laughs> roles and responsibilities that are appropriate for their age and their development. Um, so it, increasing the amount of responsibilities as they grow to be able to cognitively handle these responsibilities is a good thing. Loading them up with excess responsibilities of a parent when they're too young is a bad thing. And you will find somebody that is um, um, unable to tap into that inner child a lot of the time that sort of is is makes a healthy human being so this sort of thing that you've described isn't actually healthy itself but you know it, you're saying it's moral for the time I, I i i don't see how that was our first super chat so that that had a the lot one. that had a lot of thoughts there a big thing a fly and wayne uh, we thought we weren't going to get too much there, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're satisfied with that. Thanks for being here. Keep those super chats coming in. I know you're curious about what our speakers think. So if you want to know what they think about what you're thinking about, you got to ask that question, fellas. Come on now. Peeps, get that question in there. Hit that like button and let's continue on. All right. Manga Fan Dan, $5. Cat Stevens converted to Islam. Knowing that... How can you say secular humanism contributes more to secular, more to society than Islam? Ooh, baby, baby, it's well, uh, it probably doesn't because there's not as much secular humanists as as Islamic people. It is the the fastest religion growing by birth, I believe. I think Pentecostalism is the fastest growing by conversion, but um, Islam is the fastest growing by birth. Um, I'm here to argue that sort of secular humanism is better for society. Um, that doesn't mean to say that we're we're an overwhelming majority in countries that can sort of impose our our ideas upon society. Um, I think that that's sort of a, a strength of secular humanism, and that it's compatible with anybody that wants the best for humanity and is acting in the best for humanity. Um, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, when you say more, more of what? It would be my question. All right. Any thoughts over there, Hussein? You want to carry on? Uh, yeah. Um, morals don't exist per atheism. So uh, I don't know what to say on it. I don't think it. Uh, That's not true. All right. I mean, that was under, a declaration. Under Camus, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't well, exist. Under Nietzsche, it doesn't exist. I don't think Hussein's <laughs> got any compulsion to lie because, of course, moral. I mean, when, when you say exist, sort of what, what are you sort of saying? Because I just outlined a whole bunch of morals. So, you know, it, it's so weird. They're not illusionary. 
Okay. They might be a construct. That's like saying laws don't exist. Well, that's great. Go out there and steal a car and see how far you get. Well, I thought gender doesn't exist. exist. It's a construct, right? Well, it's just because it's a construct doesn't mean it doesn't have. The morals don't exist. It's just a construct. Well, it, yes, but so is the law. Does the law <laughs> exist? I mean, it exists, but it's fake. It exists. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. Like, so, so that's why I need existence, to existence is a very concept, is but I truth. hold, hang on, hang on. Well, let me finish. I think, I think it was my turn to talk strangely yeah, yeah, enough, go for it, go wasn't for it? it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about existence, like it is very sort of nebulous what existence actually means, but usually it means that something has a causal relationship. So if you break the law exists, because if you break the law, there are consequences. It has a causal relationship with, with you. Um, again, morality exists because it has a causal relationship. If you break morality, then there is these things that happen. Um, so, yeah, the morality exists. Um, I, I mean, it might not be 100% objective, but, you know, ne neither is the law. Okay. So, I mean, I think we agree then. Because if you're, if, but you're saying it exists, but it doesn't. I mean, like the implication of it being subjective is it's not real. So you should just you should just be a nihilist, like a moral nihilist. I I don't know why no, you want. No, it it's it's subjective. It just means stance dependent. That's all. Yeah. So it's fake though. It doesn't exist. What do you mean? It's fake. but it's fine. We're never we're never going to agree on this. It's, it's okay. just subjective and intersubjective. So like sort of we can create these things in our societies that that sort of you know have have constraints upon society um like like the law like you can create a bunch of laws in society and they have constraints upon people and and show people um if they violate it this will happen kind of thing but you wouldn't say the law is fake like it's just not it, it's a nonsensical thing to say well that's what you know the atheism is the absurdity of life per commune so when you have atheism life is actually absurd because it is meaningless so i mean that's what i'm saying like you should really look into him he's a great philosopher for, for atheism yeah you, you don't like this is so weird like who says that life's meaningless to atheists just because no, we create our own saying meaning. the logical conclusion of god not existing is that it is absurd look into absurd yeah, well i mean then, then that is a that is a silly thing to say because it's not absurd. It's not meaningless. Like there's so many atheists out there living their lives with meaning, and you're sort of trying to say, well, it's all meaningless. No, you, they make you don't meaning. even know it's fake, what it's though. about. All oh, right, yeah, they make meaning, fake. but it's fake. They make meaning, so, but it's fake. So you found a book written by some guy said that tells you your life has this meaning they put on you, and you think that's real. No, it's not just that I found that book. It's that there's arguments yeah. for God's existence as well. And there's arguments against God's existence as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. And I'm just saying the logical conclusion, if God doesn't exist, per Camus, and I agree with him, is that life is absurd and meaningless. And that, that's, no, all that's all I was strange saying. Because, and morality is absurd and meaningless. a lot of people live their lives not in absurdity and with meaning that no, don't I think, believe in God. Well, yeah, and I, that's why I think atheists don't actually believe in what they say. They don't believe in what they're selling. <laughs> well, I mean, you <laughs> they don't truly believe what they're Look, selling. All right, we're, we're going to get the last word that, to I Mark. I turn around and go, you don't really believe in God. You're just pretending to try and make you feel like, what is the, what is the logical outcome of this? If we want to say, hey, I can tell what you think. 
Do you know that mind reading, thinking that you know what somebody else is thinking, is actually a sign of mental illness? Because you cannot know what other people are thinking. You're just deluding yourself into saying, well, I know what you're thinking. No, no, and no. why? No, 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 no. It's my turn to talk. And I... why? Because you think that is it absurd if you don't have God. Well, that's great for your opinion. That's just your opinion. And there's many atheists out there having very meaningful lives and enjoying their lives and having um, something more to look forward to in their lives, which completely debunks your entire position. So in order to cope with it, you say, well, they don't really not believe in God, which is just, I mean, it's a, the absurd thing is you thinking you can know what other people think and know. That That's that's the absurd thing. All right, so I'm, I'm going to have to let Hussein respond. Think, Mark. I'm, I'm saying that these are the logical conclusions of atheism, that atheists even like people like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris, all other atheists, Albert Camus, they all agree. So for example, you can say, oh, so the logical conclusion of atheism is that you have no free will. But many atheists operate as if there is free will. Same thing uh, with morality. So many atheists will fully agree, well, actually, there's just brutal nihilism and morality is fake, but we're going to operate as if it's real. So that's what I meant by the comment, like they're not buying what they're selling. Obviously, you disagree. There's other atheists who think there is objective morality, even without God, for example. So I'm, I was just throwing in my two cents, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're completely and utterly wrong because it's the hard determinists that think that choices are already played out and you're just rationalizing the choices afterwards, which I'm, a, I'm actually a sort of compatibilist, so I don't agree with that. So you're, you're leveraging sort of what other people believe and putting it on me. Um, it's no, nihilists that have... No, 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 no. It's my turn to talk. Um, it, it's nihilism that says that there is no meaning and that, that life is pointless and absurd. It's not atheism. Atheism doesn't have a logical conclusion because atheism is simply the position that no God exists. You're not... You're, you're, you're basically taking these things from atheists that are nihilist and hard determinists and sort of moral object, you know, people that believe in objective morality and applying it broadcloth across atheism, which atheists are all different. But the only thing we have in common is that we do not believe that a God exists. But you'll yeah. sit here and say, well, I don't believe that because the ultimate conclusion is, is absurdity. It's just it, it's it's such a nonsense position to take that you think that the logical conclusion to atheism is is nihilism when there are so many atheists out there who who have logically thought it through and and it's not it's not um, um, nihilism. If I was a nihilism, I wouldn't care about um, morality. If I was a nihilist, I, I wouldn't care, but I well, do I'm, deeply. Mark, Mark. I'm, no, I'm no, no, no. I, I get the last word. That's the thing. Like the question was for me. Well, we can we can move along there. I don't. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I don't mind having a bit of back and forth on the questions, but uh, uh, just to uh, verify, I guess before we continue on, uh, Hussein, do you have any time constraints this evening for having the back and forth? Um. <laughs> well, I was supposed to like leave uh pretty shortly, but. Uh, we we can do like ten more minutes then if that's cool, or like just try and get through the through the questions. Yeah, all right. I'll set a one minute timer to get through these, uh, and okay. we'll keep them to the side that they're asked for. So, cool doggo for twenty dollars. Hussein, which countries fit your definition of an Islamic society, and should they be imitated by others? Uh, and they end it with justice for Khashoggi. 
I don't I don't know what that justice for Khashoggi is referencing, but um I don't think any country is practicing Sharia law. And there's actually like a prophecy on that um about how like the Ummah will be uh, oppressed because of um they're not acting in accordance with Sharia. So all right. I'll reset the timer. Yeah, Khashoggi. Oh, go ahead. We still have four seconds. I did have to look this up, but he was a a, a, a um a columnist in the the Middle East and Washington Post. Um, the one that died by Saudi Arabia was, or something. Yeah, yeah. He um he he was assassinated. Um, I believe it was in England, wasn't it? Um, in front of an embassy. Um, that that happened. It was a very very brutal kind of. Um, yeah, he he entered the Saudi Arabian consulate and never came out. Yeah, I don't know what he wants me to say to that. That's like a political thing, and it, it's not really like an Islamic thing. So yeah, let's move on from there, everybody. <laughs> All right. So XXWLZXX for two dollars says, "Is child marriage objectively moral?" I no. No, because I believe they have to be gone through puberty so they're no longer a child I, I don't yes of course it's immoral like what, what does he want i literally what age is that what's the minimum age of that uh, i think that a minor going into marriage is is immoral what what age would you say okay so minor so what's a yeah, minor so anyone under 18 you define a child like what? What is what is underage? Like in Germ in Germany, it's fourteen, and in other nations, hold on, hold on. So for him, he oh, so I thought we're not even doing back and forth, by the way, because I because I need okay. to go. <laughs> That's all right. That's all, all right. right. So yeah, we'll carry on. That's all right. So I think we got our ideas out there, and everybody can figure out what we think there. Mike T for dollar ninety nine. Muhammad struck Aisha. Not no. sure if that's that's more of a declaration. Nah. Yeah, it's a declaration and it's false. Like they literally talk about it. It's just like um like he said, you know, do you doubt me? And then like pressed his hand on her on like her uh sternum. That's not a strike. I don't know what he's talking about. That's just talking. All right. Yeah. We can carry on if that's uh, okay. that's fine. And when I said nah, I wasn't mocking you. I was uh, just being a character. All right, let's carry on. Oh, you're uh, good. <laughs> XXWLZXX uh, strikes again, saying female circumcision is in the Hadith. It's mandatory. Ooh, what do we think of that? Any thoughts there? Certainly is that? in the Hadith. Yeah, I've never heard that. All right, well, XX, if you want to put in another super chat and reference what it is that you're talking about, you know, maybe we can uh, get down that path. I think Mark is uh, so senior Muslim religious authorities agree that uh, female FGM is neither required nor prohibited by Islam. The Quran does not mention it at all, or male circumcision. So, I I, I don't know what he wants. Well, they did say. And then, literally, uh, the authentic okay. his, authenticity okay. of these hadiths has been questioned by multiple jurists. So, I don't know what he wants. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think yeah, it was uh, specific. Like a quick but, Google search for these Islamophobes. Yeah, that, I, I did. I want to clarify that. Yeah, he did say hadith. So uh, you, you you hear Hussein's thoughts on uh, what he thinks of that. Let's carry on. Mike T, a female. So they're they're saying the opposite. Mike T says female mutilation is not a part of Islam. 
All right. Well, so, it is in it is in the hadith. It, it depends on on sort of because the hadiths were were people's um, basically their biographies of of the the life of Muhammad, right? So they were sort of other people's interpretations, correct? Yeah. All right. Well, we can carry on from there. It sounds like we had a yep there. And Mark, have you read the Quran? Then does that have you read it? Have you read any of I've read part of it, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Just curious. All right. Well, let's carry on. XXWLZXX. Oh, my. I'm just going to call you XX from now on. $5. Does Hussein not see the irony in saying there is a debate about these issues while simultaneously saying they have objective morality? No, I don't see it as ironic. I mean, I, I literally, the whole debate, Mark did a talk about that, and I explained why. So, well, I think that even if there is some sort of objective morality from a god, they don't have access to it. I mean, there no the god isn't talking to anybody directly. So you've got sort of one interpretation, which is sort of Muhammad's interpretation of what God was saying, and then you've got another interpretation through the scribe that wrote it down. And you've got a third interpretation of the person that's reading it out of the Quran. So even if there is some kind of objective morality, they don't have access to it. And I don't think there is. Ob I mean, it'd be nice if the universe had objective morality. I just don't think it exists. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll give the last word to Hussein there. Um, well, so if God is speaking through the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, then, yeah, it would be objective. Um, there's been lots of uh, debate from uh, both atheists and Christians alike on the Quran's validity and if it's been changed and they can definitely trace it back to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So I don't uh, think that's been covered already. And so if it did come from God um, and it can be traced back to him and it hasn't been changed, then I think it's a pretty good safe bet. You can find uh, ways to behave there. Um, and there's also, you know, to describe in secular terms, like a lot of virtue ethics within Islam. Um, and there's, you know, tons of things like Imam al-Ghazali talks about that and like, you know, killing your ego and like, you know, these are the, the ways to be a proper Muslim and achieve God consciousness and like, but they're just looking at it from like this very um, skewed lens, if you will. This I, one I coming in? More research. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were done there. Uh, this one coming in from Big Bad Mama, $5, Hussein, you define objective morality with your intuition instead of observation and measurement. Why is your intuition true for other humans? Any thoughts there on that one? Yeah, I mean, so the majority of humanity believes in a God. Um, the, you know, these moral intuitions uh there's like the, the irony here is i, I believe uh, if i'm not mistaken like human humanism literally prescribes like the main point of it is is that god gave us these moral intuitions and through them we can act justly and morally so uh, i find it quite ironic then so um well that would be theistic humanism not secular humanism yeah, yeah of course, um, of I, course. I don't think that i don't think that sort of um um Secular humanism more more deals with the the analysis of, of rationality and science and um, utilitarianism than any kind of 
moral intuitions. Moral intuitions can be really useful. Intuitions in general can be useful if decisions need to be made quickly. Mark, can you, can you know seconds. consequences? Can you know consequences? Oh, Because if you can't know the consequences of your actions, then utilitarianism is like a flawed ideology. All right, well, let you ask that question and uh, three so seconds. So inductively, you can sort of um, gather what guess. the... It's not a guess, it's induction. It's saying, hey, if these things cause this before, they'll probably cause the same thing in future. Induction is not a guess. I mean, come on. Um, so um, for a start, ad populum, most people are religious in ad populum. And secondly, moral intuitions can be wrong. They're not a particularly reliable way to decide whether something is right or wrong. They're just a feeling, a gut feeling. Okay. All right. Let's carry on from there, everybody. XX asks again, thanks for being here in your super chats. So we appreciate those. Is this the only guy? <laughs> no, there's lots of other people. <laughs> no, but... that was Big Bad Mama. Hi, Big Bad Mama. Yeah, Big Bad Mama is. I remember uh, her from your stream, I think, Mark. Yeah, I think yeah, she was yeah, hanging out. I, I like BBM. Yeah, yeah. BBM. That sounds like a category on... Anyways, XXW asks again, why does Hussein think Muslims have objective morality? There are literally thousands of different interpretations of both Islamic law and theology. Um, this would be like a whole other thing I'd have to prepare, but essentially like Christianity is paganism. It believes in a triune God. Um, <laughs> so it's like ruled out by like most, uh, you know, like the the necessary being argument, like the argument of contingency. Like there's a bunch of things that talk about how, you know, like uh, Judaism would be problematic in that as well. Um, so that's ruled out. Uh, they believe in essentially like a weak God that they can debate and surpass. Um, so they're not actually like subservient to the ultimate being. Um, so if you believe in an ultimate creator God, then you would obviously in the hierarchy uh, be subordinate to him or it's generalist. I'm just using him, you know, but um, yeah, so there's like problems with all these major re religions like paganism in general, like monkey gods, stuff like that. You're just believing in an animalism and like you're justifying uh, like Zeus, like raped people, like there's, there's tons of problematic within like uh, these pagan beliefs, so. All right. Well, let's carry on from there. Leo Whitmer says, I got a question for Mark. Do you think yeah. if God was real, that would make morality objective? And if you can give an answer in an American accent. I, I generally don't do accents. I'm terrible at accents, but I'll <laughs> give it a try just because it was a super chat. Um, oh, no, Mark. Uh, this is going to be terrible. I'm I'm bad at accents. I I, I hate this super chatter so much. Like, <laughs> no, I, you're fine. You're good. Um, so if, if a god if a god had a uh, American accent, no, if a god had if a god was real, would uh, morality be objective? Uh, no, Amer uh, it would still be subjective and just the will of the god. I think I'm doing something between Texas and Alabama right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, no, it would still be subjective. It would just be the God that, that would be the stance that, 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 gave, you know, sort of had that stance kind of thing. Um, this would lead to sort of a, a might makes right kind of moral system where just the one with the most power, you could appeal to God's nature as being morality. Like you could say, Hey, it's not their, their decision, but it rather it's the nature of God that provides morality. But then you've got a problem that, um, God wouldn't have control over his own morality if he couldn't decide 
that it is different. So there's a whole load of problems down that route as well. So um, yeah, I, I don't think Ten morality is objective, even if it, it uh, does come from a god's will, because it's still subjective. <laughs> you know, you 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 almost broke uh, a mark there, Leo, uh, trying to okay. do the American accent. You may as I well know, have just I... gone full on like. Can you think... rate it out of ten? Can, can you rate it out of ten? Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. It was it was bad. Oh, uh, but no, I was gonna say you have not, to work. You have it's to... not good, but you know, <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs> you could have. Okay. <laughs> you should have just went full on like think of the the most drawly country song that you can think of and then you would have had something a little bit more like that that would have been give like some twang, <laughs> you, give some twang. I, I you would have been better off I, with the like super southern Canadian, he does it well <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i've been uh, I, I do a few but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into that tonight all right so uh xx uh ask us again atheist community does apostasy equal death apostasy would be leaving their religion so they're not apostates if they were never oh was that for atheist community no no sorry i have to clarify they said atheist community question mark question mark so i think you might have said that hussein at some point in the debate saying that there's an atheist community oh yeah yeah yeah. like calling that question like um modern islamic um um so there's like a modern islamic jurors and they talk about how essentially they've made treaties with secular governments and so they have to honor these treaties essentially. And then they can't, and Islam does talk about that. Like what other people do within their land is totally fine. So for example, like a Muslim uh, emissary met the Vikings and he literally had to watch like a human sacrifice and like a bunch of other pagan stuff. He didn't just like whip out his sword and start killing them. It's because they had a treaty within that government. So what they do within their own lands is up to them. So that's pretty much, um, in a way, consistent with liberal, modern uh, political worldview. Uh, they, does the U.S. follow that? No, but all right. But I, I think that that if if somebody is Muslim and leaves Islam and is very vocal in their opposition to Islam, then the penalty for that is death. All right, ten seconds. Yeah, it can be, yeah. yeah, it can be sure. No. All right, you didn't need all 10 seconds. Let's carry on, everybody. And thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for your super chats. Uh, XX says once again, nice haircut, Ryan. Shink. Thank you. I just got it yesterday because I was doing a rock show, and uh, I might upload a few of those videos later. Dr. Dino says, Hussein, what can Islam provide that any other Abrahamic faith could not? And why should any non-Muslim want it above their own proposed system. Um, why should Islam be over other Abrahamic faiths? Um, well, so I mean, I tried to explain how, like, there's plenty of arguments on this that you could research that, like, if a god did exist, um, Muhammad Ali from the Muslim Lantern has a lot of uh, these discussions online. Um, he's very interesting. So and if you're uh, interested, I would check him out. The Muslim Lantern. He's really good. Uh, he essentially talks about how like um, with people who are agnostic or atheists, um, you know, well, why should I choose Islam over all other religions? And he does like a formulaic breakdown about how, you know, if a creator God existed, how Islam is the only one that's um, in congruence uh, with that and the implications of that um, versus other faiths. Um, 
where they limit God's capacity in some way. So for example, like Christianity says that, oh, God is all merciful, but the only way he can forgive you is by making a son and then doing blood sacrifice to on him, uh, which is uh, irrational. And uh, it doesn't make sense with if, with an all merciful God. So Islam says, well, no, God is just all merciful and he can forgive you. That's it. So there, there's plenty of examples of it. So. All right, let's carry on from there. Uh, glad to I, see you. I have you. to pray. So if we can, if we can, um, like end it in five more minutes, just to like be an eight on the dot or whatever. Well, we'll try to carry on here. We got quite a few, but let's uh, keep them quick. Doctor Dino asks again, uh, and thanks uh, for being here, Doctor Dino. Uh, hopefully, you're having a after show. I'll join you. No problems there. Uh, why should an atheist be subject to your religion? Um. Like why they should be subject to my religion? Uh, I mean, I did this argument with Aaron Ra, but like uh, an atheist would be better under an Islamic country uh, than an than uh, the whole society being under an atheist country. So, and, and there's plenty of examples I've given where like uh, it's better for family. Uh, really, people under a religious society are less likely to abuse drugs. Like they get better grades. Like blah 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 blah. So, All right. We can carry Actually, on from there's there. a number of um, atheistic countries out there. There's a lot of secular countries, mostly like Five Japan, seconds. Uh, the Scandinavian countries, things like that. And they do very well. In fact, they're things like education, their happiness index is higher than most Islamic countries. So that's patently untrue. All right, close, close us out there, Hussein, 10 seconds. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would... Uh critique the uh the happiness survey it actually has a liberal bias so i, I was actually gonna do a video on that where the liberal bias of the uh, happiness index it doesn't actually um talk about any other values than liberal values um inherently there's also like problems with um like the liberal western hegemony they're becoming more unhappy because essentially they only focus on material goods so if you only focus, and there's, again, psychological papers on this as well, you can look up to look into why materialism is making you unhappy. So it's clear that just focusing on the world here um, or the dunya in Islam, uh, it, it doesn't make anyone happy. So All right. Let's carry on from there. Uh, I'm trying to speed it along for you there, Hussein, but we do have quite a few more super chats. So uh, I'm going to try to remind you uh, uh, when you're getting a little over time. Uh, don't mind me. Uh, no disrespect. So awesome, awesome clips says, what is this other part about Aisha? Um, I think we kind of touched on that. Yeah, we touched on it on it. Like, yeah. I think we did talk <laughs> about it. So uh, awesome loss. And if you want to go back, you can find that. Ember asks, thanks, Ember, for being here. Always cool to see you hanging out there. Uh, love hosting you, buddy. Uh, cheers. Hussein, what role for non-binary and intersex folks? One minute there, Hussein. Um, th this is like a whole discussion in and of itself, but uh, <clears throat> there's uh, plenty of pap papers on how like uh, essentially it's gender dysmoria. And uh, so like, obviously uh, I would hope people get therapy on it um, and come to terms with the gender they were born because uh, it's easier in life to accept things the way that uh, the world is right, then um, in some ways how like it ought to be, uh, which is a, a problem with leftism in general. So, and like, uh, you know, leftist right. social values, if you will. 
All right, let's carry on from there. Uh, XX asks us again for 10. The fact that there are disparities in men and women doesn't mean you should enforce those disparities via law. All men are not better than all women at everything. Let people arrange their own lives. I don't I don't know what they what they mean by that because in a lot of ways like Islam is pretty libertarianish so like again in, in many Islamic societies like women do go and pursue jobs I mean like in careers and education and like if they just want to point to like Afghanistan or something which like all we're getting is Western bias sources I mean that's the only country that's like banning women from all public life so I don't yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, we'll carry on. Uh, Rinellis asks, for Mark, are you technically agnostic or atheist? And why? Oh, it's because I believe no God exists. And I have sort of some, uh, it's a provisional belief based upon my understanding of how minds work. Um, Minds don't seem to have any kind of basis without some kind of physical material. Um, But if you can show me a, a mind without a brain, I'd change that provisional belief. But I in fact, believe no gods exist. All right. Well, you heard it here, everybody. Mark Reed believes no God exists. So if you want to ever have a debate with somebody on hard atheism, I think Mark would be willing to take up the mantle. Nara asks, why is modern day debate allowing Hussein to advocate for child SA? Disgusting, they say. Um, When did I advocate for that? We can we can move on from there because that seems pretty. I mean, we can get into some TOS. Uh, yeah, follow stuff. the local laws, please. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what you want. I'm I'm not advocating any of the things that they believe. So all right, it's, it's also eight o'clock. So all right, let's carry on. Uh, Hussein, do you believe in the abstract from Renellis? I don't know. I don't know what that is. What? How do you spell that? I would like to look it up though. I, I'm not um abstract. Like, willing to read stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how to define abstract either, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, abstract, think A-B-S-T-R-A-C-T. Something... Is it like abstractum or what is it? A-B-S-T-R-A-C-T. It's like something out of like, I guess the ordinary, you know, like abstract art is like my usual go-to. Like, Oh, well, like, they're asking about like Outside of art? the idea of like normal. No, 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 normal. they're talking about abstracta. They're talking about abstract things versus concrete things. Yeah, I didn't so want to define it. Phenomena. <laughs> you have phenomena, which is the physical things, the, the actual concrete things in reality. And you have abstracta, which are these uh, m- mental constructs kind of thing. More like a, like a, an imaginary thing. So they're asking, Hussein, do you believe in the abstract? New ideas that comes from by considering the common features of dictionaries. He's checking it out, everybody. To, to be honest, uh, and I'm not even sure I'm looking at the correct thing, but I, I have no idea. I can't even, I can't tell you. Well, thanks for taking the time to look it up, Hussein. That, I know that you're lo- running low on time, but check it out. He took the time to look it up uh, and see what he thought about it, but he's going to get back to you. Uh, Angel Coils, Mark, was there ever uh, ever a time when you believed? 30 seconds, Mark. Believed in what? Um, it's basically, um, there was a time when I believed that astrology was true. Um, I grew up in sort of a, um, not really spiritual, but sort of a, um, my, my mother believed in a lot of what I would call woo. So astrology and crystals and neuropathy. So yeah, I, I guess there was a time where I believed in something, but I've never believed in any um, 
any god um, at all. All right. Well, let's carry on from there. Big Thang Flan Wayne asks, uh, let's move this over. Millennials are the first generations of human beings where more than half of us go where we're planned consented pregnancies. We have a long way to go, y'all. What world? What world do these people live in? Where like, like, um, there's this weird thing in Western society where like they have to view themselves as like special snowflakes, like in a sense, right? And I'm not even being in like the the stupid uh, conservative way. I'm just saying like millennials, we are not like special. Like I, I hope you know that. Like there's people who had unplanned pregnancies in the past, and people who had planned pregnancies in the past, like this is like the weird thing where they, they do the stereotype that like everyone in 1950 beat their wife for some reason. Like that's just what they think for some, <laughs> like not everything is an extreme. Like you guys realize that, right? Like chat. Like, All right. Well, we'll carry well, on. I from... think there was, it's more talking about the pervading culture that it was acceptable to do so, or at least it was, you know, perfectly reasonable if you had a nagging wife to do so. Oh, he's wait, he's beating? I thought they said planned pregnancy. Sure, but do your example was was beating your wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 10 seconds, Hussein. Okay, sorry. You're good. I get oh. what you're saying. We'll move on from there, guys. Uh, Dr. Dino, Hussein, why should I believe you over Christians? Um, One minute. Why should you believe me over Christians? Um so um i mean there's plenty of arguments like i said uh look into like the quran's preservation versus like the bible's preservation how we don't know the authors um you know how uh they contest what like a historical jesus would actually believe so if jesus is jewish and he's saying we come for we i come to fulfill the law uh you know and uphold the law why is like paul now saying pauline christianity like denouncing the law uh and like getting ab abdicating the law um, you know, why is the Old Testament say uh, blood sacrifice is wrong and then all of a sudden God is doing blood sacrifice, though? Uh, like, again, the the entire seconds. If I was in a Christian nation, I would be an atheist. Let me just say that about <laughs> I'll give Mark some credit. <laughs> like Christianity is absurd. No offense. Uh, does that make sense? All right. Well, we'll move I on from there. The Trinity is illogical. I don't I don't get the Trinity, but that's yeah. Good. Don't well, we have a moment of agreement. It looks like huzzah. Yes, clap, clap for that. And we're going to move on to the last super chat uh, from Dr. Dino. Mark, tell me what your favorite dino is in a Boston accent. No, no, no more accents. I've embarrassed <laughs> myself enough. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to flame you on your accents. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it, it, your regular speaking voice is great. So it, let's just carry it's on. It's an ankylosaur. Ankylosaur. Boston right. accent. A Boston, a Boston accent. Uh, All right. Boston accent. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ankylosaur. Oh, that's terrible. Why did I even try that? I hate you all. Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for entertaining. Hussein, one minute to close your thoughts on our discussion tonight. Thanks for being here. Um, uh, I had a lot of fun, so um, and I'm glad I did it. I got to talk to Mark again. Um, since I've been so busy uh, lately. So, uh, you know, inshallah, um, you know, a lot of people understand where I'm coming from and, um, you know, maybe they'll look into Islam and, um, you know, 
maybe one day Mark will. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, you know, I enjoyed the discussion. Thanks for being uh, courteous, too. Yeah, well, thank you for being here, Hussein. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you the other day on Discord as well. Uh, you know, everybody should know that Hussein is a really nice guy to talk to. Uh, and that was one of our Super Chatters questions uh, here. We didn't get around to it. Sorry, bass guitar. Uh, but he did say that you were one of the friendliest people that he had talked to on Discord. Uh, so, uh, you know, I do want to let you know that. And we appreciate oh, you, you being here. Uh, Mark Reed, up to one minute for your closing statement. Yeah, so um, humanism is just just an acknowledgement of, of sort of our, our place in the world and how we can make decisions about what's best going forward. If you're going to ignore part of your holy text and sort of say, hey, well, that was in the past and it no longer applies because we know better now or we can, we can now make changes and abrogate things or make things better. And what are you evaluating it on if not rationality? If you're taking some verses and not others then what are you really basing that evaluation on apart from rationality and an understanding of what is good for humans and bad for humans um so um i i really encourage you to uh sort of treat humans equally see them as equal partners on this planet and um we can work together to decide what's best uh for our societies thank you all right. Well, thank you, Mark Reed, for your closing statement. Sorry, everybody, for the PDA. My wife just got home and uh, she's going to bed. So uh, I just had to say hello there for a second. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Hussein, Mark, big round of virtual applause for our speakers. We will be back for more glorious debates. In the meantime, uh, enjoy some of this music. I'm still working on it. I got some uh, drums that I'm getting sorted out for it. So uh, let's keep it uh, keep it rolling, everybody. Enjoy our next discussions and uh, check out our debaters in the live description. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, oh, see just one last thing. Um, Doc yes. Dino is doing an after show as well. I don't know if you mentioned that. So I didn't know if he was doing one. I said I'd hang out because I'm still so. riding off the adrenaline of last night. So I'll come hang out. I don't know if Hussein wants to pop on over after he's uh, finished uh, doing oh, everything sure he needs to do. I, I know you just got home from work, Hussein, when you started this, so I really appreciate you being here. So I think he's got to pray as well. Yes, of course. And, uh, you know, whatever else you want to do after getting home from work, for sure. But if you want to hang out, uh, you're, of course, more than welcome, I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, who knows? It's up to Doc Dino. So everybody, will, we're going to hang out over there. And uh, thanks for being here. Cheers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.